Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this next section of the Crypt hosted on WKNC 88.1 FM Raleigh. Today I'm joined in the studio by local artist Drake Murphy from Ador, North Carolina. Drake, so much, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, what's up, Colin? How you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing great, and it's so great to have you in the studio. I'm really excited because Drake, he's a, one of the best artists, I can put my name on this, one of the best artists that's coming in for Packapalooza this coming Saturday on NC State's Hillsboro Street. So we'll get to that a little bit later, but I wanted to hit up Drake for some of his uh, musical experience, see if we can pick his brain, dig out all of those, those really moral stories, the, the deep ones. So the first thing we're going to start on, I want to I go back and let's, see, let's talk about some of your early influences with your family. I know your family is very musical, mm-hmm. uh, and you guys moved around a little bit. So could you bring the listeners up to speed? Who's musical in your family, and where did you draw from? And Yeah, it all started with my grandfather. You know, he was an orphan, and he actually played the piano and sang for food back in the day. And he built an empire called Murphy's Music in uh, Pinehurst, North Carolina. Then it trickled down onto my dad and all my uncles. And then my dad married a woman who could sing, so there's music on that side as well. And my uncles on that side are musical. And uh, it came down to me and my brothers and also a lot of my cousins. But me in general, I really look up to my dad and my uncle bobby more than anybody my uncle bobby is an amazing guitarist and he plays a plethora of instruments same thing with my dad on the family side that's where it all comes from that's great dude and i know you collaborate with some of your siblings yeah as well as uh, some of your parents aunts and uncles who have you most recently collaborated with well i do a lot of shows and bring my sister on stage amazing jazz vocalist hey anna like she's Totally amazing. If I could sing like her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My dad is on quite a few records of mine. He's on quite a few records. So you got to bring on the pretty face and then the solid background with your dad (laughs) to make everything work. I like that. He plays saxophone and piano on some of the records. Really? Plays saxophone? I did not know that. You yourself are uh, multi-talented, not only vocals and guitar. You got a guitar in the studio today. Is there anything else that you play? I play drums, played trombone since I can remember. Trombone, really? Yeah. A little violin, too, from back in the a day? Bit, a little bit? A little you still bit, remember? Yeah. I'm not as good as I once was, but I still know the notes. <laughs> I <laughs> understand. I don't see a trombone in the studio today. So. No, you'll see it on Saturday, though. Oh, at Packapalooza? So that's the first oh, yeah. promise. We got a trombone at Packapalooza. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So big family influence brought you up. Now you're uh, hosted out of Wilmington, North Carolina with Canary Management. How did you get in touch with them? Well, actually, I'm from Ador, North Carolina. From Ador. Yeah. But I basically live in Wilmington in the summers. You know, my sister lives down there. Mary lives down there. Mary is from the same hometown area. We call it the Pines. Southern Pines, Aberdeen, Pinehurst area. And she went to a school called O'Neill. I went to Pinecrest. Everybody I knew knew Mary. And Mary just never crossed my path. I never knew. I heard about her. And she randomly crossed my path one day because of Anna. And we found out that we have so much in common and she is such an amazing person. And then the other half of my management team, Eddie, he was one of our understudies from way back in the day. He came to us for his senior project. He he told us that he was interested in music. So he came to us, my brother and I helped him get to where he is today. Well, I can't take all the credit. He went to Full Cell and majored in music management and brilliant guy. So those two on my team, 
You had a great opportunity, though. You you decided to go with Canary after being wined and dined by a lot of big, big agencies. I mean, you've done some production work for some pr- impressive people down in Atlanta. Anywhere else that comes to mind? Miami, L.A., New York. A mm-hmm. little bit of everywhere. And you turned down a good chunk of them to do your own solo work and yeah. control your own music. Why did you turn some of these big boys down like Atlantic? Because I don't want to be controlled, man. I can't do it. I can't do it. Like, they wanted me to change my name. Yeah, can you elaborate <laughs> on that? This is really interesting for the listeners. Well, my name is Drake Murphy. So, of course, there's the other Drake. And back in 2010, Atlantic Records flew me out there. Like you said, Winded Don Wins is really had the best steak I've ever had in my life. My Rodeo <laughs> Drive. They wanted to sign me. They told me I needed to change my name. I didn't want to do it. Everybody looked at me like I was stupid. But I don't want to sell out. I can't do it. The music that I write comes from a very real place. And if I change my name, that'll let, I feel like it'll let all of my fans down because it just won't be authentic anymore. Yeah, and I've gone through so much because of my name. So <laughs> I totally much. understand that. I definitely understand. But at the end, it's, it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Have you found that there have been some additional challenges to going out on your own, or have you enjoyed those challenges and, and kind of turn them into positives, something that's made your music better. Man, we've done so many shows where I lie to you not, walked away with $8 at the door, <laughs> and I got to figure out how to compensate my band for traveling with me, and we only got paid $8. Like you said, I turned it into a positive, and we made the best of the situation. I have the greatest group of guys that support me in the band. They play, and words can't express how grateful I am for that. How long have you been with this current set of musicians? I know you draw in a lot of other people to try and feature them, but mm-hmm. your, your core stayed pretty solid for a while now. About two or three years. Yeah. So, and to bring people up to speed, who are you playing with this coming Saturday? I'm playing with Mario Atkins on the drum. Amazing drummer. Simply phenomenal. Nigel Graham on saxophone. He actually went to a competition and got second in the nation for saxophone. So he's going to be there. Elvin McCullum is going to be on guitar. He's phenomenal. I'll look up to him so much. Maestro Antonio Barnes, he's on bass. (laughs) I love that guy. Tony Streeter is going to be there with me as well. He's my right hand. He's been there since the beginning. If anybody has an influence on me in the band, it's definitely him. Definitely. You just said that your music comes from a very real place. Where is that place and what is so real about it? Life experiences life experiences Uh, it's a mix between what i want to hear that day and a story that i want to tell you've brought a guitar into the studio today and we're gonna take a quick break to to hear this first track but before we do simple things where is this one coming from tell me a little bit about this one (laughs) you're gonna go there (laughs) this girl i was dating back in 2010 to 2012 i actually wrote that song after we broke up and it was sort of a retrospective type song. I was thinking about all the stuff that really made me fall in love with her, and I just put it down on paper and put it on the record. Okay, well, it would be a little awkward to write that during during the relationship. You get the breakup <laughs> song preemptively. <laughs> exactly. All right, so we're going to hear a little bit from Drake in just a second. Simple things. Stay tuned for more Drake Murphy. Hey, my name is Drake Murphy, and this is Simple Things. Now I could say you're beautiful, but everyone knows, cause 
baby shows But I'm gonna tell you something else That you should know about yourself, girl When you come around me, girl, my knees get weak I know it's cliche, but my heart skips a beat And everything about you gives me butterflies inside Oh, and it was a simple thing that made me fall in love Your playlist, you just made it simply easy for me to fall in love. Oh, 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 oh. Now you can't say you're ordinary. You're second to none. You're the only one, and I can't just sit back and wait 'cause there's something I must say. And I think you know that you mean the world to me, baby. And I think you know that I'm in a loss for words. And every time I think of you, I wanna fly. Cause it was the simple things that made me fall in love. And now I can't let go of the way you comb your hair. When you played your playlist, you just made it simply easy for me to fall in love. And now that I know that it was you I was dreaming of, I can thank the Lord above for sending me in love. And oh, I appreciate everything that you've done for me. But I'm gonna tell you that. It's the simple things that mean the most to me. Back on WKNC 88.1 FM's The Crypt. Thank you guys so much for staying tuned. And you guys are here listening to Drake Murphy visiting us before his big Packapalooza shindig on this coming Saturday. Drake, thanks so much again for being in on the show. And that was a great little piece right there, Simple Things. Who else was on that track with you before we move on to the next bit? Oh, that was all me. It was all you. That's all you. Love it. That's fantastic stuff. stuff. So jumping right back on in, 
Rumor has it that you have something like five or six albums recorded, but unreleased. I do. Do you have any plans to release in a full EP? Or I do. I do. Later? Yeah, I'm going to release an album. I'm going to release an album later this year. And any timeline on that? A little not, closer than later this year? Not, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I don't want to say too much about it, but it's called Distorted Dreams. Really? Disordered Dreams? Yeah. Where does that come from? Um, Actually, after the breakup with the Simple Things girl, I went through a terrible period. Terrible breakup. You know, my grandfather had passed. And this album is a complete 180 from all of that stuff that you hear on the Feel Better album. And uh, <laughs> Distorted Dreams is the proper title for it because once you hear the music, you will understand. Yeah. I'm a little curious. Do any specific dreams play into that title as well? Do you have any? Are you as was, an artist? You got any like crazy dreams going on in there? Yeah, <laughs> I would always have really violent dreams for some violent? reason. Violent. Yeah. Like, what was so violent? They were, were kind of cool. <laughs> they were kind of cool. Like I'd be the villain and the superhero in some dreams. It was really weird. But I never had any flying powers or anything like that. It was just like super strength and just super strength. That's yeah. That's, that's what running you from people and. <laughs> knocking people out <laughs> okay so you got that one uh that's coming out later this year disordered mm -hmm. dreams you got any other plans for the coming 2016 albums are you going to keep those hidden away in your basement for a little bit i'm gonna keep them hidden away a little bit but once they come out i will be back and tell you about how them. long have you been recording all of these uh, so you kind of you don't come in for one session to put a whole a whole album together and then just push it out like a lot of other musicians you just record over years and years and then yeah throw some together how does that work because it's very rare Honestly, when I write, I wake up in the morning and I feel a certain way and I might want to hear a certain type song about a certain subject and it hasn't been written yet, so I will write it and then I'll listen to it. So what's your scrambled eggs song? Scrambled eggs. Scrambled eggs. You wake up in the morning, you oh. feel like some. What's, what's your cereal <laughs> song versus your scrambled eggs song? That's what oh, I want to know. <laughs> well, funny thing you say that. I have a song called I'm Alive and the first lyric is Good Morning. And that's the perfect, <laughs> oh man, that's an amazing segue. <laughs> All right, so we're going to stop a little early yeah, in our plan, so, uh, hit you up with this next tune. Yeah, What's that song, I literally woke up and I just felt so good. I felt so good. It was the beginning of summer and I was originally going to call it Summertime. And I was like, it's oh, summertime. summertime. But <laughs> yeah, I don't want to like, it's a, it's a song that, that can be played year round. It's just the song that you would want to put on the first thing in the morning. Have it as your alarm. Good all morning. right, all right. So if you're, yeah. if you're looking for a little wake-up music here, we're going to get you a one take on I'm Alive by Drake Murphy. Stay tuned. Hey, what's up? This is Drake Murphy, and this is I'm Alive. Takes me. 
Welcome back to WKNC 88.1 FM's The Crypt. Thank you so much for Drake Murphy coming on in and, and doing some music for us. The one you just heard was I'm Alive. Drake's been telling us a little bit about where his music's coming from, this very real place, and we're going to continue that discussion here in just a second. I did want to take a look back at some of Drake's experience with mastering production. This is not just one talent musician. He's got a lot of guitar, trombone, violin, like we talked about earlier, but he also does a lot of his own mastering and production for himself and other people. And I'm kind of curious who you're working with and what got you into that whole uh, creating your own sound from front end to back end, all the way through production. <laughs> well, when I was a kid, my dad only played people that created their own music, like... Uh, Sting wrote his music. I'm sure he had other writers as well. I guess I could say as a kid, my understanding of a musician and artist, they would write their own music because they were singing about their lives. And it was just confusing to me when I found out that other people wrote the songs that they were singing. And so, I mean, <laughs> it's just weird to me, dude. What got you interested on that back end stuff, really starting on mastering and production and making sure your sound is to the penny? Because I know some artists that we've had here in the studio, and as long as the raw content, the, the raw sound is in place, they'll let someone else really fine tune their sound. And, and you're not okay with that. Not at all. Not at all. I have a vision of what the song will sound like before it's completed. Most of the time, it sounds totally different, but the quality is there. The reason why I do it all is because of the lack of having that around me. I grew up in a very small town. It's probably like 200 people in Ador, maybe a little more, a little less. But there were no recording engineers there. And we grew up with the studio. We grew up in the studio, basically, with my father and my mother going around from studio to studio. And I would always fall asleep under the mixing board just <laughs> looking at the wires. I was so intrigued. Seriously. I just, I love how I can take a raw vocal and bring it to the quality that is on the radio and on TV without having to pay anybody. <laughs> so hopefully we'll do you justice here today. But you say you're from Ador and you started uh, working with your brother, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you named your new comp your company a few times and ended up with what? Ador, Ador Music. As in, yeah. Ador Music? We started out as, uh, what, A plus or something? I don't know. <laughs> And then we went to Beat Misers and then Dark Matter. And now I hope it's going to, Ken, is it going to stay? <laughs> it's going to stay at or music group. It better. I'm tired of it. How is it working <laughs> with your brother? I mean, I can't stand mine. So. <laughs> Colleen is trying to get me beat up, man. <laughs> <laughs> For those that are listening in the studio, Kent's, uh, Kent's on the camera. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome working with my brother. At the end of the day, he's my best friend and, uh, we have a lot of disagreements. It's funny because if we don't disagree on a song, and I'm talking about we'll yell at each other sometimes and get a little physical, just wrestling. <laughs> yeah, over a note, over a note change. But that's how passionate we are about the song that we're creating. And if we don't yell at each other, I feel like we're not passionate about it. So every time we yell, we know we have something on our hands. What do each of you bring to the table that makes your company so successful for music that's not your own? Yeah, Kent is amazing with everything digital, from EDM music to hip-hop to pop. And my specialty is live music. So with the two combined, we have a sound like no other because we have his experience in the EDM hip-hop world and then my experience in the rock and country and et cetera 
And we put those together and we have something magical. No, that really is great. And especially when you get to work with your family. I mean, that's so, that's so special. You don't see that except for like the Marsalis family or like, yeah. I don't know, really, really, really famous families. You know, there's some big ones in the music industry and you guys are on your way up there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the Marsalis family, they are really inspirational. Yeah, yeah. Branford actually came over when my grandfather was passing and uh, spoke with him before he passed. And that's actually the day I came up with the name for my first album, Feel Better. Because, yeah, after Branford left, this is the last conversation I had with my grandfather. I asked him how he was doing. And he was like, I feel bad. I've been worse. But if I could just feel better, I would be okay. And so months later, after he had passed, and I put the album out, I was thinking about it. And that just stuck with me. That stuck with me, feel better. So so that's the encompassing idea for that album. Yeah. Because you already told us the one you have for Distorted Dreams. Mm -hmm. Now we're, we're learning the first one. Okay. Well, with Drake, you being such a personal person and being it being so in tune with your emotions this last song and uh he's actually asked me to reserve this one for the last i asked him are you sure you want to perform this one last simply because it seems to be at least in the title to be a very very passionate song not that the first two weren't this next one learn to hate there's a specific story behind this i understand yeah do you mind elaborating i will elaborate this song was the lowest point of my life and when I mean low, I'm talking about I didn't shave, I didn't go outside, I didn't do anything. I was so depressed. And everybody thought that I was doing okay because I put on a really good front. But I was torn inside. And I was trying to evade the different things that were going on in my personal life. I was trying to put it off like it wasn't bothering me. I just had to tell myself I have to come to grips with what was going on. And it's about the same girl from Feel Better and pretty much two other albums. But You know I want to ask you what her name was. You've already said it on <laughs> oh, air, but man. I won't do it here because it's a permanent record. <laughs> <laughs> this is out there for anybody. Okay. Yeah, so uh, this song right here, I did the music and I was just sitting there thinking about what I would write about, trying to see what would be inspired by the music. And so I went in the booth, like I always do, and I just think with the song on repeat and see what comes up. And for some reason, everything that I had been trying to push to the back of my mind came to the front, and I broke down. I broke down. I just sat on the ground and came to grips with everything. I thought about her with other guys, everything. And it was the little things that really got to me, like her going out to Waffle House at 3 a.m. with another dude, you know, little things like that. Everything just came rushing. And once I was at that breaking point, I pressed record. And this song, like many other songs on the radio, they have a format, you know, some start with the verse, hook, verse, hook, bridge, hook, and then the song is over. I wrote it like that, but it wasn't recorded like that. None of the hooks are exactly the same like I intended. They are all different, and it is completely raw. This whole song is one take. I was mad once I finished it because I knew that I messed up. But once I heard it back, I was like, dude, this is a keeper. I'm not changing it. And that was what it take or what it took to get over that whole situation. And now it's been years since then. And this song, it, it's time to put this album out. It's it is. Really is this going to be on Distorted Dreams? It is. That's it great. Is. Have you been to Waffle House since this girl? Oh, yeah. 
Right. Yeah, I'm not, you, like you it's not bothering me anymore. Like after this song, I'm serious. Everything just left. All the feelings left. This is what it took. Like I said everything that I needed to say. And that's the beautiful thing about being an artist that writes. I'm able to say what I need to say. She wasn't answering my phone calls or anything. I had no closure, but I was able to get closure through music. I was able to say what I needed to say. Was it only through music or did you let her name slip at one point? And she, <laughs> no, she hit you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's a whole story. Goodness. That's what we're here for. A, we want the story, I, man. <laughs> I should write a movie about everything that went on. Gosh. All right. Well, we won't dig into uh, your personal too much today. We're just scratching the surface. First time in this studio. But you're about to hear a little bit more from Drake Murphy with Learn to Hate. Stay tuned.
All right, welcome back. We're on WKNC 88.1 FM, The Crypt, and we've got Drake Murphy here. And our last bit of our interview with him, Drake, thanks for coming on the show. So you have a unique experience of having been courted by so many record labels and companies and, and different other musical experience, and you turned a bunch of them down to make your own experience, your own life an example for others. So I'm really, I would really like to hear the advice that you have for new and upcoming artists that are looking at labels, considering it, looking at the music industry and the state it's in, what advice do you have for them in their search for um, some kind of notoriety? Make sure that contract is airtight. <laughs> Make sure your contract is exactly what you want. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to negotiate, of course. They're going to have to have what they want. You're going to have to have what you want. But make sure that contract is right. And this is the biggest <laughs> piece of advice I can give. Because if you sign something and you don't understand it, you can get sued. You can get dropped and you will fall off the face <laughs> of the earth with music. <laughs> All right. A little bit of a blue note there. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. maybe. I mean, hey, it's just being honest. They you think have any advice for them on the, the musical front if they do decide to go to the solo artist, the independent artist recording route? Yeah. Be yourself. Be yourself. And I'm glad you said this because this leads into something else that I want to talk about. With me, I grew up listening to rock music when I was a kid. And that didn't go over too well in my neighborhood. You know, just being an African-American guy, coming up where I came up, I was always picked on because I would listen to it. So I went through this whole identity crisis as a child. Well, not as a child, but like sixth, seventh grade, all that. I started listening to hip-hop, trying to fit in, and just being who I wasn't. And when I first started music, I started rapping. And then I started singing R&B, but it just didn't feel right to me. I didn't like doing shows because I knew that I was fake on stage. And the thing that turned it all around for me was 2005 here at NC State. Pharrell came with NERD. And to see him perform as a black guy singing rock music and him not, he just didn't care about what anybody thought. He was himself, and that inspired me to be me. And when I was out there in the crowd, I saw him pull somebody up on stage, and they started singing a medley of their first album, In Search Of. Nobody in the crowd knew that album. They knew the second album, like, oh, girls, that didn't lie for the bathroom. They knew all of that <laughs> stuff. They didn't know Rockstar. So they started performing that stuff. I went crazy. I started jumping so high, like, I, I can't jump that high anymore. <laughs> like, I never will be able to jump that high. Anyways, he saw me in the crowd, and he pulled me up on stage. So the last time I did, or last time I was on stage here at NC State was with Pharrell and NERD in front of, like, 15,000 people. So now that I'm back here doing my own show, because he inspired me to be myself, that means the absolute world to me. Like, I don't think he knows what an impact he had on my life. Well, maybe we can get that message out here today. We need to. Well, you heard it here first. You got the real artist, the real musician, the real man that feels and puts it out there on the stage. And you can see that man on stage this Saturday at Packapalooza, hosted by NC State, at the D.H. Hill Library venue at 2 p.m. If you can't make that show, he's got another one coming up. Uh, at Pointer Place Village on September 4th at 3 p.m. And even more important is looking out for that full-concept Distorted Dreams release 
sometime later this year. Maybe we can squeeze a date out of him at our next interview. But, Drake, thank you so much for coming on out, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you on Saturday. Thank you. I'm so excited to perform. And the event starts at 2. We actually go on at 6.15. Perfect. Yeah. But make sure you're there at 4.15. One of my favorite bands in the world is performing The Beast. What's up, Pierce? <laughs> All right. Very cool. Thanks. So you heard it here. Thank you so much for tuning in to WKNC's The Crypt, and we'll see you next time.